Good morning, brothers and sisters. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I am Mark Hedegar. I'm blessed, honored, humbled to be the pastor at the Salisbury Center United Methodist Church, where we expect miracles, recognize miracles, and celebrate miracles together. The vision here at Salisbury Center is to love God and others, to serve as an example, to plant seeds of hope, and to nurture one another so that we can make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Amen. Uh, just a reminder this morning for announcements. Uh, today will be Communion Sunday in the church. Uh, for those of us at home, uh, we'll be celebrating a love feast. So if you can listen to this at the same time, getting something out uh, to eat, um, when it comes time, we can share that together. This morning's memory verse comes from Matthew 3, 8. Matthew 3, 8. Therefore, bear fruit worthy of repentance. Let us pray. Father God, Lord of all, come and fill this world with your peace. May there be an end to hatred and division among your people. Cease all the fighting and war in this world. Heal the bitterness and hurt in our hearts. In this season of Advent, prepare our hearts for the coming of Jesus, our wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Fill our hearts with your peace, which passes all understanding. Creator God and Judge of all, as we expectantly wait for the coming of Jesus and for you to do great things in the world, you also expect great things of us. Help us to turn to you anew so that our lives, our talents, all that we have and all that we are might serve the purposes of your coming kingdom. Fill this congregation with the presence of your Holy Spirit this morning as we gather to honor and praise you. Lord, your word is living and active in the church, in our worship, and in our spiritual discernment. By your spirit, give us the will to leave behind the things that hold us back from following you and serving others. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Please join me in the call to worship. Rejoice together, people of God. Let all the earth praise our Creator. We have gathered to honor our God and seek his word. Welcome one another as Christ welcomes you. Let each other know of Christ's presence. Surely Christ has come to change us. This is a time to take delight in the Spirit. This is the hour to seek knowledge and counsel. We are ready to learn what the Spirit teaches. In awe and reverence, seek God's Word. We are awakening to the Spirit's gifts. Amen. Uh, this morning, we will be lighting the uh, candle of peace the candle of peace. <clears throat> and these, uh, this is the reading that they'll be doing. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. We are the followers of that root of Jesse Isaiah spoke of. 
We are the ones who are now called to stand as a signal to the world, to all of creation, that peace is the will of the one who created us. Peace is the knowledge of the Lord that we proclaim from sea to shining sea. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near, and bear fruit worthy of repentance. We light these candles, the candle of joyful hope and a candle of proclaimed peace, in part to remind ourselves that we are a people rising toward God's promise. But we also light them as a sign to the world, an announcement that there are some who hold on to hope and there are some who work the ways of peace. We stand as a sign that Emmanuel is still our fervent prayer. And at this time, they would like the two uh, purple candles of the Advent wreath. This morning's Lady Scripture comes from Isaiah 11, 1 through 10. I'll give you a chance to open your Bibles. Isaiah 11, 1 through 10. That also gave me a chance to shut my office doors since the boiler started. I didn't want, to, didn't want any distractions. So Isaiah 11, 1 through 10. It's titled, The Peaceful Kingdom. Let's read it together. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge for the poor and decide with equity for the oppressed of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked." Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lay down with a kid. The calf and the lion will feed together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the wean child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. Praise God, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We moved to Joys and Concerns this morning, and uh, I tell you, it's a joy to be back down at the church uh, because I left 15 inches of snow Thursday when I came back. Uh, Westernville, where I live, uh, got pounded uh, throughout the day. We actually snowblowed several times, shoveled neighbors out, and it was a mess, and I come down here to dry road, so I'm very joyful for the lack of snow here. I'm sorry if you're a snowmobiler or a skier. Um, <laughs> I'm happy. Uh, concerns. We're still praying for my neighbor, my buddy, my friend, Mr. H. He starts his 
uh, radiation therapy Monday morning. He'll do five days in a row. And um, we're just keeping him in prayer that, that God will heal him. We also continue to lift up Darlene. Um, she's still at home. She's not in the hospital, but uh, she's still got some issues. So we're going to keep her lifted in prayer. And we want to pray for Chief Vetter in Stratford, the fire chief out there. Uh, he had a little bout uh, with the emergency room this week. So we want to keep him in prayer. And as we go through that this morning, uh, well, first of all, please know that you're all welcome to call me if you need somebody lifted up in prayer through the week. Uh, you have my phone number. Please call me, email me, send smoke signals, whatever it takes. But uh, we're in this together. None of us stands alone. So if you do have joys or if you do have concerns, get a hold of me and I'll make sure they're added to our prayer list. Uh, but this morning, uh, even though God knows who they are and what they are, just just speak them out as we pray. Let us pray. Lord, you are the just judge, holy and true. You are the most high God. You give us life. You hold all power in your hands. You are the mighty one from God who carries the world and is ruler, ruler over all the earth. You are the giver of life, and you are only good things. In you is mercy and love. In you is healing of the nations. In you is freedom from worry and freedom of pain. You are sent from our Father to save us from destruction. You forgive us and save us from condemnation. You cleanse us and make us born again new. Lord Jesus, in you all healing is performed. You, Lord, are the miracle worker. In your spirit, your gift of healing is alive. You are a miracle worker for the sick and for the lost souls. In you, we can put our trust that you can heal us and protect us from the enemy and death of our soul. Let us be drawn closer to you today. You are the vine, dear Lord, and we are the branches. You carry all knowledge and all power. You, Lord, are our medicine. You are the greatest physician. Your words are truth and life. You heal, you protect, you care, you love, you are kind, you are patient, you are thoughtful, you are strength. You know our thoughts, our sighings, and our cryings, and every hair on our head. You are wonderful and make all good things for us. Heal us and those we lift today, Lord, if it be your will. Amen. Amen. The title to this morning's message is Do Not Panic. Do Not Panic. Alan and Jean lit the Advent candle of hope last week. As Christians, we're called to live in hope, to live in hope of the resurrection of Jesus, as well as our own. A hope to spend eternity with our Creator, Father God, His Son, Jesus Christ, and all those who've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So if we are filled with hope and believe that God's promises are true, then our hope, that hope, should naturally lead to peace in our hearts, in our words, in our actions, and in our lives. 
So while we're decorating our homes, purchasing our gifts, and getting ready for Christmas, let's not neglect to turn our hearts to God and set our eyes on the Lord, where we find God's grace, God's love, and God's peace. Now, we've said it quite a few times, but I know it may seem impossible to speak about peace during the turmoil of the past three years. This virus has turned the world upside down, created enemies, confusion, distrust, and sadly, far too many illnesses and deaths. How can we possibly find peace during this season of pandemic fear in a world filled with confusion and misinformation? Confusion and misinformation are the tools of the enemy, and right now he has an arsenal at his disposal. The enemy has control over this world, and we know he walks the earth looking to wreak havoc on mankind. We read this in Job chapter 2, verses 1 through 2, of course, when Satan was looking for victims. It reads, One day the heavenly beings came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them, to present himself before the Lord. The Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking up and down on it. The enemy comes to seek and destroy, and to prowl around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We know he cannot steal our salvation, and he knows it too, So he tries to steal our joy. He tries to steal our peace. We've seen Satan take advantage of this pandemic. He's turned family against family, neighbor against neighbor, doctors against doctors, and sadly, Christians against Christians. World governments are literally beating their citizens in the streets and in some cases, forcing them into quarantined homes. If you've seen any of the newscasts covering what China is doing to their people right now, it would and should break your heart. And then we come to church this morning and hear the pastor give a message on peace. How can we be at peace or experience peace with all this turmoil in our families and communities? 1 Corinthians 14.33 assures us God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Father God sent his Son so we may have abundant life, and he came so that we may have peace. But like Peter walking towards Jesus on the water, we sink when we take our focus off the Lord and worry about things of the flesh. Someone once wrote that peace is not the absence of trouble, but the presence of Christ. Peace is not the absence of trouble, but the presence of Christ. My peace, your peace, our peace will never come from this world. Our peace comes from a Father who favors us. Luke chapter 2, 13 through 14 assures us. It reads, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. That seems simple enough, right? There is peace among those whom he favors. 
those that accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior, are favored by the Father. So we should be at peace, right? Then we, <clears throat> excuse me, we turn to Psalm 512 and we read of his protection. It reads, For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover them with favor as with a shield. Doesn't the Bible tell us we are counted righteous in the eyes of God when we receive Jesus by faith? So if we're found righteous and favored by our Creator, why do we have such a hard time finding peace in our lives regardless of the circumstances? Well, I believe it all boils down to the condition of our minds and the condition of our hearts. It depends on our knowledge of his words, our belief in his words, and the level of faith and trust we have in him. I've used this example before, but allow me to use it again. Let's imagine a person choking. A stranger off the street walks up and says, don't panic, you'll be fine. Now, how much trust and confidence would you have in that stranger? I would guess not much. But now imagine a parent, a spouse, or a medical professional telling you the same thing. Don't panic. Chances are your belief and confidence level would be much higher. The two main differences I see is the relationship we have with the speaker and the trust we have in his or her authority. I believe we'd be much calmer and trusting if we knew the person personally or recognized their position of authority. So let's ask that question again. How can we be at peace or experience peace with all this turmoil in our families and communities? It starts with knowledge, knowing what the Bible says about God's promises to us. For example, if we don't read the Bible, how would we know the promises in Psalm 91, 14 through 16? It reads, those who love me, I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. When they call to me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. Can you see where you might find peace if you knew God promises to deliver, protect, answer, to be with us, to rescue us, to honor us, and to satisfy us? Maybe these would be good verses to write on those three-by-five cards we share every week. Perhaps you'd choose to pull these verses up each time you needed to experience peace in your day. Or maybe you could recite Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God does surpass all understanding, but the lesson here begins with a call to, re to a relationship with him. It says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Prayer and supplication in everything. That's how you develop a relationship by communicating. 
It doesn't do any good to have the knowledge without the relationship. It does no good to have the knowledge without the trust. Some call that head knowledge versus heart knowledge. We are called to develop and maintain a relationship with the one called the Prince of Peace, as proclaimed in Isaiah 9.6. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus Christ is the very Prince of Peace. But knowledge without trust or understanding the application means nothing to us and has no effect on our peace. We need to spend time in prayer and conversation. We need to develop a relationship with the one who is willing to die so that we might live. And with a relationship, we build trust. And with that trust, we believe him when he tells us to be of good cheer in John 16:33 he said I have said this to you so that in me you may have peace in the world you face persecution but take courage I have conquered the world praise God Jesus says in me meaning him we might have peace not the world not our finances and certainly not our government Jesus knew that the earthly journey awaiting his disciples and all future believers would not be easy. So he left us a gift, the gift of peace, as a New Living Translation tells us in John 14.27. It reads, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And in the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. Jesus said the world cannot give us this gift, and how well we know that. But he gave this gift of peace of mind and heart to those that love him, those that place their hope in him. In the home and treasury of key Bible words, we find the word peace described as more than a mere absence of war or strife. It describes a peace that is positive, a time, place, and condition that features love, Righteousness, calmness, political and moral uprightness, and much more. It is a word reserved for those who walk with God in a positive relationship. Peace, then, is reserved for those who walk with God in a positive relationship. So, brothers and sisters, we can find peace in this crazy, crazy world of violence, hatred, and yes, even during in the midst of a pandemic. A peace not of this world, but in our hope and assurance of God's promise to his people, us. But it must start with learning his word, believing his word, and maintaining a close personal relationship with a God who covers the righteous with his favor, with a son that surrendered his life for those that love him. And trust in the Holy Spirit to bring remembrance the promises of both God and Father. To those who believe in Jesus and commits to follow him, he says, my peace I leave with you. I pray each one of us gets in the word this week. I pray each of, each of us either starts or, or maintains a relationship with Christ through prayer. And I pray that 
each of us is able to find and experience that peace he promises to each one of us, even as the world goes crazy. Our peace is found believing he will once again come to earth and rescue those of us who love him and put their faith in him. And so as we reflect on God's peace this Advent season, may we be reminded of our role as we wait for his second coming to actively make peace in our homes, our communities, and our workplace. Matthew 5, 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. We are called to work along with the Spirit to restore God's peace or shalom here on earth. We were created for good works and saved by grace. My prayer this morning is that all of us will look to the Prince of Peace during this Advent season and remember all the promises from a God who cannot lie. We move to the love feast this morning, so if you have something to munch on and and drink, please get that out. And just a reminder, this is not communion. We don't do communion over the airwaves, uh, but this is a love feast. This is a simple gathering of Christians, a time of fellowship, a time to love on each other, a time to, you know, thank Christ for all he's done in our lives, to ask for forgiveness if, if need be, which normally is needed. Um, but, but really, it's just a time of, like a family dinner, sharing with each other, loving on each other, and realizing that Christ is in the center of all of that. When we get done with communion, on Sundays we generally do the Lord's Prayer. So would you pray that with me this morning? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. As we join our voices in prayer and praise, we bring together the symbols of our life investment money we've earned, the hours we have left before us, the abilities that are ours alone. Let us give this morning with joy. We move to the offering. And uh, again, I thank you wholeheartedly for your support of this church and the mission and the community. Um, I had breakfast with some of the gentlemen from the fire department Friday. And uh, they're talking about how beautiful it is to see a full parking lot on Sunday they were doing the bragging on, on um, gifts and contributions that the church has made to the, to the community, people that are, that are going through you know, medical challenges. I didn't have to brag about anything. They did the bragging. We are making a difference in this community. And yes, part of that difference starts with our offering. So I thank you. Let us pray. Father God, architect of this world and all others, we know you had a vision for all your creation to dwell together. With the creatures of the air, earth, and sea, you long for us to live in respect and with one another. You give this, we give this morning, and ask you to help us use who we are and what we have to heal this abused and broken world. We pray all this in the mighty name of Christ our Savior. Amen. 
prophets of old put forth bold and bold and broad dreams of the coming of God. So too may we here and now imagine unlikely and precious life, possible once more as the divine draws near. The opportunity is ours to be faithful and courageous in our commitment to that incarnation. And now receive the benediction. And finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Amen. Until we meet again, brothers and sisters, may God bless and keep each and every one of you. Please stay safe, stay connected, and stay in his word. God bless you all.